You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Naturopathy Earth Radio and Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Before I begin talking about how it's good to be tall... The website is Naturopathic Earth. Go check it out. We have some new articles. I wrote a article about New Year's resolutions. It might be a little late because we're in late January, but I, I wrote about uh, sabotages or pitfalls that we encounter and losing weight in the month of January. I also have a stuffed bell pepper food recipe. My colleague, Heather Ray, released a article about energy running through the body. And we have some other articles too, so go check it out. There's always about four or five articles being released per week on naturopathicearth.com. So check it out. As always, if you want to support our endeavor, because I'm just, 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 just a high school teacher, we have a Patreon account, which is a crowdfunding account. Follow the link on the episode notes, and you can donate some moolah to help defray the cost of the podcast and the website. We would appreciate that. Also, I'm a certified paleo-inspired holistic health coach. A lot of adjectives there. So if you're in the need to lose some weight or just want to clean up your diet, contact me through the website. As most of you know, through the Confessions of an Obese Child feed. I have a podcast called Confessions of an Obese Child. If I wasn't an obese child, it'd be kind of strange to have a podcast entitled that and an ebook. But as most of you know, I was morbidly overweight, and I'm coming around on my 28th anniversary of keeping 100 pounds off. Speaking of, I have a Confessions of an Obese Child book, my memoir, and you can find that for $2.99 on Amazon Kindle and Barnes & Noble Nook, so please purchase that and post an honest review. And of course, if you have the unlimited Kindle plan, you could just read that for free and then post a review. I hope you liked my interview with Dr. Kelly. I thought it went well, I think it was probably my favorite interview that I've done with somebody live. So if you haven't checked it out, it's the previous episode. So please check it out. I would appreciate that. All right, let's talk about being tall. And it's good to be tall. Okay, so we're going to talk about height today. I found some interesting articles about height, and I talk about heightism in my class on occasion, and I try not to to bring shame to the shorter people. But it's been known for decades how tall people are considered to be more competent and considered to make more money and to marry better. So I thought it'd be good to talk about height. So first, we're going to glean off an article that came out last week called Height May Help Determine Lifespan, New Studies Suggest. No one really has any idea how long they'll live, unless you go to a fortune teller, right? But nowadays, a person who leads a relatively healthy lifestyle can live up to 90 years old, right? Well, a new study discovered certain physical factors like height and weight may point to how long somebody will live. 
scientists from Maastricht University, which is over in the Netherlands. The EU was founded in the, by the Maastricht Treaty in 1992. That tells you, uh, my, my, my original undergrad degree was in poli-sci international relations. So I pulled that one out, Maastricht. I looked at the association being height, body mass, index, and exercise. The study published in the BMJ Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health involved data from the Netherlands cohort study of men and women aged 55 to 69, which began in 1986, so over 30 years. Nearly 8,000 participants provided information about their weight at the age of 20, including their current weight, height, and time spent exercising. They were then monitored until they reached age 80 or died, whichever came first. The study found that 433 men and 944 women survived to age 90, but the women who lived that long were on average taller and had put on less weight since the age of 20 as compared to women who were shorter and heavier. Specifically, women who were over 5 foot 9 were 31% more likely to reach 90 than women who were 5 foot 3 or shorter. So I'm going to repeat that because I think this is the, the salient point of the study. The study found that 433 men and 944 women survived to age 90, but the women who lived that long were on average taller and had put on less weight since the age of 20 as compared to women who were shorter and heavier. So the women who were 5'9", and taller were 31% more likely to reach 90 than those who were 5 foot 3 or shorter. Neither height or weight seemed to factor into whether the men reached their 90s, but activity level did. Men who spent 90 minutes a day or more being active were 39% more likely to live to 90 than men who were physically active for less than 30 minutes. That makes sense. Additionally, for each 30 minutes a day the men were active, they were 5% more likely to reach that age. So I guess keep that move, that body moving, right? Like most studies, however, there are limitations. Body size and physical activity information were self-reported and not measured. As this was an observational study, and people's, people are not always completely truthful or accurate when answering questions about themselves. Additionally, participants were already in their 60s and 70s at the start of the study, so it's difficult to generalize and apply these results to younger people. I will say this. Look, it's a very short article. I will say this. We know, just from anecdotally, there aren't a lot of overweight 90-year-old people. My mother lives at an independent living community. She just turned 79. And I noticed that. You don't find a lot of overweight people. So we know... And the studies have shown this. The older you get, especially when you get to your 70s, you have to cut your caloric intake to survive, and you have to keep your weight down. And this study corroborates that assertion, especially with the women. So we know that women who keep their weight down are much more likely to get to age 90. And, of course, the study's central thesis is not only just keeping your weight down to what you were around age 20, which is difficult, but also how being taller helps. Now with the men, getting 90 was all about physical activity and not about height. But we're going to talk about in a second how being tall in general, especially for men, is good for you. So let's take a break.
Okay, so we're going to talk about heightism. And at the end of the article, I'm going to give you a little formula so you can figure out roughly how tall your offspring are going to be and how it might be important to breed with somebody who's relatively tall. We know that women are naturally attracted to taller men. Not necessarily like roided up, ripped men, but definitely taller men. And I think they're evolutionally wired for that because I know their offspring is going to be taller. So this article comes from The Atlantic. The financial perks of being tall. An extra inch correlates with an estimated $800 in increased annual earnings. That really doesn't sound a lot, but okay. In the 1960s and 70s, Thomas Greger, an anthropologist at Vanderbilt, traveled to central Brazil to see if height was prized by people beyond the developed world. For years, he absorbed the Mehinaku, a group that lived in the tropical forest, and was so thoroughly unmodern that they had never seen eyeglasses. He spent time with the Navajo and the Tobrian Islanders of Papua New Guinea, too. Quote, in no case have I found a preference for shorter men, close quote. The bias that Gregor showed to be embedded into human social life plays out quantifiably in the professional world. In Western countries, a jump from the 25th percentile of height to the 75th percentile, about four or five inches, is associated with an increase in salary between 9 and 15%. Another analysis suggests that an extra inch is worth almost $800 a year in elevated earnings. Quote, if you take this over the course of a 30-year career and compound it, one research told Malcolm Gladwell for his book Blink, we're talking about a tall person enjoying literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of earning advantage. While every additional inch appears to be an advantage, some inches are worth more than others, according to a recent study. Among men, the sharpest jump in earnings the researchers documented was between five foot four and five foot six. That's still pretty sure. That's like Tom Cruise or um, what's his name? Um, Hart, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's very short. They found that the returns on height began to plateau around six foot zero. It used to make sense that height would be valued when picking people to do jobs. The tallest people were often the biggest and the strongest, and most tasks demanded size and strength. But the height premium has persisted even as more and more jobs have become desk jobs. Economists have sought a satisfactory explanation ever since that change started taking hold. Research for this started a long time ago with NYU professor Enoch Burton Gowen's book, The Executive and His Control of Men, published in 1915. Gowen's data collection revealed not just the difference between the heights of executives and average men, quote, but also that bishops tended to be taller than preachers and sales managers taller than the salespeople reporting to them. Since the publication of Gowen's book over 100 years ago, researchers propose a few possible explanations for why taller people attained white-collar jobs at higher rates. Some studies suggested that taller people have better social skills and more self-confidence, which makes sense, right? They've always been the tallest people, as opposed to, let's say, the short people with the Napoleon's complex. People who were taller as children, the thinking goes, were treated better, so they developed more emotional stability, which has been shown to help on the job. Meanwhile, other studies have found that taller people are inherently smarter. As early as age three, they do better on aptitude tests. According to a new paper, the answer was a little bit of everything. The paper's two authors, Andrea Sheik 
an economist at the FDA, and Richard Steckel, an economist at Ohio State, analyzed data from the United Kingdom tracking a group of Britons born in 1958 and concluded that neither cognitive nor cognitive advantages can alone explain the earning difference, since both play significant roles in producing the height premium, they argue, the truly important variable is how well fed a child is. Nutrition is a major deciding factor when it comes to height, which in turn means it affects intelligence and those highly helpful non-cognitive skills. We know that, for example, aside from genetics, we know how a pregnant woman eats is extremely important. We've talked about this before, actually, with the fusing of the face and our perception of beauty. So beauty is based on facial symmetry. And there's studies showing that a mother, if she eats too many foods that are toxic-laden, let's say with MSGs, for example, it can distort the fusing of the facial bone. So your mandible, your maxilla, your zygoma, your frontal bone, the lacrimal bones, all the bones of your face are two separate bones, and they fuse together. So we know that genetics plays a role, of course, and we'll talk about the height formula, but we also know that what the mother eats when the baby's in utero plays a large role. And then also during puberty, the puberty of the child also can affect their height as well. In addition to performing those calculations, Schick and Steckel also came away with some correlations that, while not inconsistent with previous research, are still striking. For every two-inch increase in a child's height, the improvement on cognitive and non-cognitive assessments is roughly equivalent to the difference between growing up in a lower-class family and a middle-class family. And it's not just height and childhood that goes on to shape future earnings. An 11-year-old boys who were considered, quote, attractive, went on to make 6.5% more money in their 30s than their more homely peers did. For girls, it was about a 10% boost. The perks of height did not end with money. A study published a couple of months ago used data collected by the German government to look more specifically at the professional lives of the relatively tall. It found that each additional inch of height makes one slightly more likely to be an entrepreneur as opposed to working a desk job. And while most of those self-employed giants reported roughly equal levels of job satisfaction, employed people who were tall said they were more pleased with their professional lives than, than did shorter employees. If those cursed with below average height have made it this far in the article, they might want to finally jump ship and ignore this final line. Those taller employees also reported being happier with life in general. Okay, so we're going to talk about in a second the height formula for your children. But look, I think a lot of this is, is obvious. We know, anecdotally, that let's say, like I'm a teacher, for example, if a short male teacher comes into the room, even if he's fit, but let's say he's, he's short and he's overweight, automatically the students are wired to think that they're incompetent. And the burden is put on the teacher to think that they are competent. As opposed to, let's say, Army Hammer walks in, the Lone Ranger, or some very tall guy like Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood. He walks in, and of course, he's an attractive man, and very tall. Boom. 
he could be ooh, 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 and you know scrapping his scraping his knuckles on the floor but he automatically gets the benefit of the doubt as being intelligent simply because he's tall and good looking and we can extrapolate this out to other professions we know that let's say pharmacy reps drug reps they go out of their way to hire attractive people and also tall people because we all are wired and this is not fair of course but we are wired to like tall people more. So the studies show, yes, tall people make more money because we see them as being more competent. And apparently the studies are showing that the taller you are, the, the, the higher your cognition is. So there's a correlation. Maybe you're just what better fed when you were a child. And so your brain's better. But we know that if you have the double blessing of being tall for your sex and attractive, you are more likely to make money in your life, and also you're, you're more likely to breed better. Because if you're a tall man, and if you're a tall woman, both sexes love tall people. I remember being on dating apps before I went MGDOW, and I remember reading specifically, women would be like, would, would write, do not contact me unless you're at least 5'10". And then I would message these women because I, I was blessed with height. I'm six one and a half, or I was six one and a half when I was 18. And as Dr. Kelly mentioned in the previous article, you know, you can do things to maintain your height, but typically around your 20s is the tallest you'll get. So I, you know, I'm, I'm tall and I'm pretty slender, so which, which makes me look taller. But I mean, women are very particular about that, and, and men, men not as so much. Men are like, if you're beautiful, you know, we'll 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 let you be crazy and do all these other crazy things because they, you know, what well, men are men are wired to look at beauty first. But women want a man of height. Women, uh, men, yeah, yeah, that's important. You know, I like taller women, but I wouldn't exclude a woman because she's not tall. My ex-wife was five two, for example. Of course, I met her right after I lost my way in college. So it was a long, long time ago. But in general, I think all of us are wired to like taller people because I think so. I think like subconsciously, we know that the taller the person we breed with is, the taller our offspring is. And I think we know even before these studies that I quoted, we know that taller people are better. Better, I wouldn't say better prized, but they're more prized in every society, as the the author of the first study mentioned. Even in the Amazonian jungle, we are wired to like tall people. So let's take a break and talk about the height equation. Okay, so. Uh, let's look at the height equation here. This this is interesting. Now, this isn't like hard science, but I'm getting this from the Mayo Clinic, and you know, if they're in Minnesota, they can't be wrong, right? But they say there's no proven way to predict a child's adult height. Again, there's a lot of factors involved, but there's some reasonable guesses, okay? So I'm going to repeat this a couple of times. So there's a couple of formulas they have. So they say add the mother's height and the father's height in either inches or centimeters, after you do that, add five inches for boys or subtract five inches for girls and then divide by two. This actually reminds me of the more accurate way to assess if you're overweight or not. So the BMI we know is largely ineffective because most NBA athletes would be overweight in the BMI. So I saw a good indicator of obesity is putting your height in inches and then dividing by two. 
and that your waist should be less than that. So for example, let's say you're 5'8", that's 68 inches. Divide that by two, that's 34. Your waist needs to be less than 34 inches. So I think that's a better indicator than your BMI. But let's go back to height. Okay. I can't use my parents' height because I honestly don't know how tall they were. But look, I have children from uh, two different women. So we'll, we'll use my children. My eldest son, Xavier, who I interviewed about a year ago, if you go to around episode 100, I interviewed him and my eldest daughter, Sophia. So they both have the same mother. My Xavier, uh, so I'm 74 inches, right? 6'2". His mother was, I said 5'2", so that's 62. So 74 plus 62. Let's see if I can do my mental math really fast on here. What is that? 136? 136, right? 136? Okay, so 136 inches. Hopefully that's right. So I get 136 inches. Then we add five inches to that. That's 141. So let's subtract one just around it. So 140. Divide that by two, that's 70 inches. So that means he will be 5'10. 5'10. Okay. Hmm. All right. Actually, no, we should have done my my daughter. We should have done my daughter because my, my youngest daughter has, has a different mother. So let's scratch that. Let's do Sophia. So Sophia, again, it's going to be uh, 136 inches, right? 136. Then we subtract five from that. So it's 131. So let's say 130. And then divide that by two. That is going to be 65 inches. So 65 inches is five foot five. Okay, so Sophia, according to this, is going to be five foot five. Now let's compare her to my youngest daughter, whose mother was five seven, so five inches more. So 67 plus 74 is 141. 141. 141. We subtract five inches from that. Man, mental math. 141. So that's 136 inches. So 136 divided by two is going to be 136 divided by two. 136 divided by two. 58. 78. 68. 68. Yeah, 68. 68 inches. So five foot eight. Okay. So my youngest daughter, who has a, has a different mother, is going to be, according to this, is going to be five foot eight. Whereas Sophia, my daughter from my shorter uh, baby mama, is going to be five foot three. So my point is breed up, breed up. Now, oh, Gregory, you're being so shallow. Okay, well, look, I'm not telling you to you know, marry a, a beta short guy because he's nurturing and he's great like that. And then, you know, have an affair with a Alexander Skarsgård kind of guy to breed up. Now go back to that article or that podcast I did on how women who are on oral contraceptives when they meet their men uh, tend to have a higher rate of infidelity and divorce because the pill makes us choose, makes women, I should say, choose beta men. Uh, more than if they were not on any hormonal contraceptives where they would choose a typical alpha male, aggressive, confident guy. So look, I mean, our value is not determined by our height, just like we want to impart in people that our value is not determined by our beauty. Uh, But that being said, that if all factors are equal, we do want to have tall children. So for those of you who are young, who are not married in your 20s, 
look at height as a factor. I don't think I need to tell women that. Women are wired to like tall men. I have a friend, Megan, who's five foot ten. And she won't date any guy that is five foot nine or ten or shorter because she wants to wear heels. So, I mean, women are wired to like tall men. Now, if you are a shorter man, like my brother, my brother is probably five nine. He he married well and he bred well and that's great. Uh, so, if you're a shorter guy, don't think, oh, you know, now I'm never going to get a woman. That's not true. What I would say is, of course, you know. Don't look at height as, as the determining factor to marry. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of men, like if you know the, about the herbivore movement over in Japan and then the equivalent movement over here uh, with men going their own way and so forth. There's a lot of men who just don't even want to marry or associate with women at all. But assuming you want to marry and so forth, still look at the important factors, you know, kindness, generosity, you know, a woman that's, that's good into gender roles and so forth, intelligence and all the things like that. But, you know, height being a factor, if you're a middle-heighted man, yeah, try to find out the tallest woman. Because again, let's go back to these studies. The taller people tend to get better paying jobs and tend to marry better. And they are given the benefit of the doubt. We call this heightism. Heightism. So yes, we want to be as tall as possible. Does that mean we want to break our femur and tibia at a young age and then have them set and put in those rods so we can be taller? Of course not. Of course not. All I'm saying is of all factors are being equal. And if you are young, try to breed with somebody who's taller because you're more likely to have taller children. So the final, final takeaway here is, guys, exercise, move the body, shock the body, take walks, garden, do your cardio, do your lifting, take morning walks and night walks, as I mentioned way back in the early holistic health episodes, I think around episode 10 or 12, non-exercise biohacks, taking walks, I guess I suppose walking is exercise, but there are little things you can do. So we know in that, that original study from, from the Netherlands, Men, if you want to live to age 90 and have good cognitive health as well, we know that Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes, so we, we not only want to live to 90, but we want to have a good quality of life. So what do we know? We know the three things that you should do to avoid dementia is low carb, because again, diabetes, Alzheimer's is type 3 diabetes. We want to lower our calories, especially for the women, but definitely for the men. We have to cut our caloric intake the older we get down to 2,000 calories, down to 1,500 calories. And you and you women have to stay active and keep your weight as close as you can to when you were 20 years old. And then we know for the men, keeping their weight down to what you were 20 years old is very helpful, but also being active and going back to dementia. So we want to be physically active. We want to keep our minds mentally active. So doing Sudoku, cross or puzzles, not just sitting in front of a TV all day because that is not good for us. And then of course, exercise, because exercise increases blood flow to the brain. So you want to move the body, keep your mind active and switch more to a low carb keto diet and cut your calories. And then as I, as I mentioned before, with women, the, the women are more likely to live to age of 90 if they are taller. But even if you're not taller, just keep your weight to close as to what it was when you were 20. So if you're a little overweight, which is normal, given that we've followed Ansel Keys's paradigm for the last 50 years about going high carb and low fat, there still is time to lose weight and try to get our weight down to what it was when we were in high school. I remember Katie... Katie showed me one time her cheerleading outfit because she was a college cheerleader and she put it on and, you know, she's had five kids 
and uh, she could still wear her her uh, her her cheerleading outfit from college. That's great. After five, that's amazing. After five kids, right? And could I get into my clothes? Well, <laughs> depends. I mean, yeah, if it's my junior year in high school and I was two hundred and eighty five pounds, I think three adult men could probably get into those those pants. I was like size six. What was it like size sixty inch waist? Uh, but after I lost my weight, could I get into those? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Either way, guys, what we know is try to breed up, not to be shallow, but breed up because you're treated better and try to keep our weight down to what it was when we were in college. That's all I have to say, guys. Please hit the subscribe button. It would take you two seconds for your newbies. For all you other people who've posted reviews, I appreciate it. We've gone to like 100 reviews in the last month. It means a lot to me. Please share the news. Spread the wealth. If any of you get any benefit out of these podcasts, please go to it, search, hit subscribe, post an honest review. It helps me tremendously. So please do that. Do that for me because I am just a teacher who has a podcast and a website on the side. All right, guys, until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes and Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails. <laughs>